Welcome to the Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health Podcast. I'm Maya Ratla, medical astrologist, astroherbalist, and green witch. I was diagnosed with endometriosis at 19, and I was told I would never have children. I healed my body through the power of herbs, alternative health practitioners, energy healing, and more. At 28, I had the baby they said I would never have without any interventions. I refused to believe that my body was not able to heal itself. Along this journey, I stumbled across medical astrology and it resonated with me so much. I started down the path to learning this unique system that had been used for thousands of years in the medical community. I now help other women heal their bodies using their cosmic blueprint, the unique blueprint that every person has embedded in their DNA from the stars. This system helps me see what's going on in your body on a cosmic level and exactly how to help you give your body what it needs to heal itself. We are all uniquely and amazingly designed, and when we learn to work with our design, love ourselves for how we are designed to function, and integrate the cosmos into our lives, I truly believe that we can see true and lasting health brought into our lives. If you are ready to change your life, heal your body, and learn to deeply love who you are, this podcast is for you. Come join me as I discuss medical astrology, astro-nutrition, astro-herbalism, health, wellness, spirituality, transformation, and so much more. I'm so excited you are joining me. Hi, everyone. We are back again with another Medical Astrology 101 episode. So I am glad that everybody is here and listening. I hope you've been having a wonderful week or two. I know I did not release an actual episode last week. It was crazy. The week got away from me and I realized that I had not scheduled an episode to go out. I was like, oops. So (laughs) sorry. I did release a bonus one earlier this week all about the Power of Presence seminar and that I'm going to be a part of. So if you didn't listen to that one, please go back and listen to that. It's super important information. It's going to be a super fabulous time. There's going to be over 20 speakers of people that are all talking about different healing modalities, human design, gene keys, breath work, meditations, yoga, I'm doing medical astrology, all kinds of different things to help move us back into the present, live every day in our lives in a more here and now manner instead of you know living in the past or thinking too much about the future. Nothing wrong with either of those things, right? But staying there all the time is just not good for us. So uh, it's going to be a great, great time. My talk specifically is February 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is 4 p.m. Pacific. 5 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern. And um, yeah, super excited. Can't wait. Um, I am really, really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so it's going to be fun. Please come see us. All right. All the information in the show notes, okay? And please listen to that other episode if you didn't already. Let's dive in then, shall we? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health. I'm Ayer. I am your host, and we are going to jump right in today because I have a really fantastic episode, and I am trying not to be super, super long today. Um, Yeah, so we are going to talk all about Venus. It's the planet of love, planet of happiness. She is the direct opposite of Mars. She's the sister to the moon. She's the princess of the night sky. You can usually see Venus in the early evening right above this horizon. So she is also known as the evening star as well. She is 
an amazing planet. And I have two Taurus children, so I am intimately familiar with Venus's influence in our lives. So let's discuss Venus, 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 the planet of love. She is the yin to Mars yang. While Mars is full of like active masculine energy, Venus is full of receptive feminine energy. She teaches all of us to like really slow down, rest when needed, love ourselves enough to give our body what it needs and to enjoy the pleasures of life. Venus is a more specific image of the moon and there's like some slightly different dynamics to it. Venus represents being able to sense and perceive the spirit behind life through a lens of, be of beauty. She symbolizes the mirror as well, right? It's a teaching that all relationships are ultimately a mirror. We either mirror the best in those around us or we mirror the worst. If you're in a toxic relationship, typically you're mirroring the worst of each other. And if you're in a really happy, healthy relationship, you're typically mirroring the best. And if you're somewhere in between those, then you're either mirroring some of the dark parts and some of the good parts, but not really a true you know, really truly looking at it through the proper lens, right? Some people reflect really well together. As I said, others create like a distortion, which leads to toxicity and poor relationship outcomes. There we go. We use Venus to help us see the whole within the part, the inner within the outer, through the heart as the lens. Isn't that cool? I love it. I see this reflected in my Taurus kids like really well. They are always ready to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. You really see them with lots of compassion and empathy toward others. And they really seek to understand what people say or do has nothing to do with them personally. They really don't take a lot of things personally. It's really, really hard to offend and upset my Taurus kids because they just know that you said what you said, but you didn't mean it like that. It was about you and not about them. And so they just say, uh-huh, and move on, right? We all need to learn how to do that, I think, because, man, that's not easy. <laughs> they really approach everything with a sense of wonder and appreciation for the beauty that they see inside, and that includes people. They are very good at finding the good, even inside the most miserable people. And it has really helped me having these, you know, Taurus children to really reframe how I look at things and how I look at people which is such a blessing and it's a blessing to have them for children they're amazing all my kids are amazing don't get me wrong i'm just we're talking about taurus currently because she's ruled by venus so i am bragging on those ones but my other kids are just as amazing <laughs> in their own ways venus is the feminine archetype um, archetype she's similar to the moon but she holds the yin quality a little differently she sits in the sky next to the sun and the moon in such a way that she actually reflects the light of the sun stronger than any other planet, including the moon many times. So we see this as a reflection of the heart. The sun rules the heart, remember? But we see Venus has a connection to it as well, but it's in a different way. She's more of like the spiritual and emotional heart and the sun is more about the physical heart and like the circulation that it gives to our body, the life, right? The actual life-sustaining quality. She is considered the ruler not only of beauty, but also of creativity, dance, music, and the arts. My Taurus kids, super creative individuals, each in their own way, and I do see them strongly pulled toward the arts in some fashion. My son is more towards, like, video games and designing those, whereas my daughter is more toward physically designing art through various mediums, such as clay, and she sews, and she crochets, and she draws, and all of that stuff, right? It's different different way of expressing very similar things. Venus is associated with Friday, which is related to Freya, the 
Norse goddess of healing, love, fertility, battle, and death. She's uh, Hel also is the Norse goddess of death in the fact that she rules over Helheim, which is their version of like the afterlife in the um, underworld. So there's two. Freya's more like those who die in battle. Venus is a cooling and moistening planet, again, similar to the moon, but hers shows up in a, a different way in different body parts, which we'll get to. She is represented by Aphrodite, Snow White, Ishtar, the dove, and the deer. And in tarot, she respond, corresponds to the card, the Empress. So the element, if you haven't guessed already, that she corresponds to is the water element. Though we don't actually see her governing any water signs. Whereas the moon governs our hearts, emotions, and feelings, and even our gut instincts, right? And it go governs a water sign. Venus uses the information gathered by those senses and uses it to say, oh, well, I like this, mm, but I don't like that. And this feels good, but that really doesn't, so mm -mm, that's a no. And then we see Mars taking that information that Venus has like distilled down and using it as information for us to act upon. Because it's the planet of action. It takes all of the input and then it determines the course of action and it goes for it. So we see them all kind of working together, right? The glyph for Venus is a circle with a cross extending down from the bottom of it. And this represents the spirit rising above matter through the act of love. And again, strong Venusian people really view everything in life through this lens. And well, it kind of makes them pretty awesome people, in my opinion. I love being around strong Venusian people. They are the people that are very much, you know, love and light and happiness and all the fun stuff. Love, love, love being around them. As far as what Venus rules, we see it ruling over two different signs. She rules over Taurus, as I was already talking about, but she also rules over Libra. So she has governance over two different signs, one being an earth sign and one being an air sign. So when you think about it, that doesn't really mesh at first, right? Like at first glance, we see her water reflective via nature, but one is earth and one is air and neither one of them is a water sign. So how does this kind of go together, right? Taurus is fixed Earth, and in Venus, we really see this manifesting as uh, the most like Kapha and earthly of signs of the zodiac. Kapha is an Ayurvedic term for ways that people's constitution comes through, right? There's three different doshas. They're like constitution types. They are Pitta, Vata, and Kapha. And Pitta is the fire dosha, so it corresponds to like the heat energy in the body. These types are typically fiery and hot inside, right? The Vata dosha corresponds with air and space, so it's light and airy and has a quality of like constantly being on the move. These individuals tend to be a bit spacey in their heads, but they're really dry internally and need lots of moisture in their lives. And the Kapha dosha responds corresponds with like the earth and oil so individuals that have a strong kaphadosha tend to be like stout large bones sturdy individuals they are strong and steady they sometimes have oily skin or hair but not always and this is really that quality that Taurus embodies Taurus people are steady they're reliable they have a highly practical nature to them right they're also very deeply emotional but in a more like steady way they're not ones that are easily influenced by their emotions to do things without first thinking them through, right? They're not quick to get upset and then immediately respond in an emotional way without going, hmm, how if I do this, will that, you know, how, what, what consequences will occur for me behaving this way or acting out on this, right? They like to intake that information in, 
sit on it for a minute, and then decide how to proceed, which again is a very Earth quality thing. These are the foodies of the Zodiac most of the time, so it really makes sense that they're such strong individuals because they are very good at nourishing their bodies. It is very rare to find a Taurus that is a picky eater. Very rare. And if they are a picky eater, there's something else going on because if they have a lot of Taurus-like qualities in their chart, you can get those. They can eat anything, and they don't care. They love everything. They are wonderful. My Taurus kids are like that. They eat everything. I mean, it's like I... Even as babies, I had my three-year-old was eating salmon and asparagus, and someone's like, how'd you get her to do that? I don't know. I just put food in front of her, and this child eats it. I literally have no parenting advice for you on how to get your kids to eat food, because most of my children just eat whatever I set in front of them. I got lucky, I guess, so that's the only parenting advice I can give you. Get some kids that are just designed to eat food, because I don't know. No other advice. Through Libra, though, right, which is a air sign, we see Venus like with a bit more of like a fiery nature, intellectual quality, and this is because Libra is a cardinal air sign. She's about balance and harmony, right? Libra is good at seeing both sides of a situation, identifying with the other, feeling with their heart into the heart of the other person, and being vulnerable when it calls for it. She is the ability for there to be equality in relationships and marriage, right? The scales, as are represented by Libra, are very apropos here. We also see Venus governing the metal copper. As far as like the systems of the body that she rules over, she rules over the reproductive system of men and women in conjunction with Moon and the Mars, respectively. The kidneys with Libra, the urinary tract as a whole, and the veins in the circulatory system. Hence why they are called veins to begin with. Um, we see that receptive passive energy being shown here in the veins. They do not have a, as strong of a push from the heart as the arteries do. And so they have a series of one-way valves, which ensures the blood goes in the right directions from the vein back to the heart and doesn't, like, try to go backwards, right? So they are more a little more passive than the arteries, which are governed by Mars, so... You see that correspondence there. She also rules the skin, and so we see many strong Venusian people have an amazing skin. Or potentially we see the opposite if their Libra or Taurus is out of balance, especially Taurus if their opposite sign Scorpio is having issues uh, with like gut health, then we will see that. But typically they have really nice skin. Um, she is considered the lesser of the benefics, Jupiter being the greater one. So this means she is not usually the cause of health issues in the body. But as with anything, too much of a good thing can be, well, too much of a good thing and turn into a bad thing. So things I typically see here is when too much of a good thing is too much of a good thing um, is diabetes type 2 typically. It's not as common to see type 1 here. It's typically type 2, which means it's the kind where your body is more like insulin resistant and doesn't have the ability to use it as well. Whereas type 1 is your body has decided it no longer needs the part of the pancreas, uh, the islets of Lagerhorn, that produce insulin. So you no longer can produce insulin. In type 2, you can produce insulin. Your body's just not very effective at using it properly. Type 2, diabetes, and it's because Venus has a sweet tooth, y'all. Like, if you have a strong Venusian uh, presence in your chart, you might notice this about yourself, that you have a sweet tooth, right? Um, there can be insulin resistance, kidney and urinary tract illnesses that are, like, very constant, right? Like, constantly in the cycle of, I have one, I don't have one, I have one, I don't have one. Um, acne, eczema, psoriasis are here when Venus is out of balance or when Mars is too strong. 
and there can also happen when there's like an imbalance in the liver or the kidneys. We do see STDs here too, aka venereal diseases, because again, too much loving with too many people and not enough protection. So it gets too much of a good thing, once again, turning into not such a great thing. And sometimes we see like general female reproductive tract issues, not anything super specific. Again, it's not very common to see Venus causing problems in someone's chart. I'll be honest, at all the years and times that I've been doing this, I have yet to see a chart where Venus is being the problem. It's almost always Saturn or Mars. Those two are just the problem makers. Sorry. Sorry, Saturn and Mars. Okay, Astro Nutrition. I mentioned already she rules copper, because she rules the metal copper, but she also rules the mineral copper that we need for our bodies. So, she rules both. <laughs> we see her governing as well vitamins E and niacin, which is vitamin B3. So we're going to start with niacin, also known as vitamin B3. As I said, this is known by two names and are typically used interchangeably, but they are actually different from each other and how they function in the body as well. So you hear it called niacin most of the time. That's the one that uh, most people recognize and know. And this actually can be produced in the body with the aid of tryptophan. With the aid of tryptophan. It takes 60 milligrams of tryptophan to create one milligram of niacin. So we can produce this. Some people's bodies are much more efficient at that. Some are not so great. So taking it as a supplement or making sure you're getting plenty in your food is never a bad idea. The other form, niacinamide, is actually the synthetic form. The difference here is that niacin is a vasodilator. This means that it opens up the blood vessels, right? So when you take a large dose of this, or even a small dose for some people, it causes a like flushing of the body. So blood rushes to the open blood vessels after taking the niacin and causes a very warm red skin tone over the body. Like imagine when you're embarrassed and you feel like your cheeks are like flaming and they're all red. That's that sensation, but literally everywhere. And it can literally make you look like you're super red. Like from a distance, you're going to be like, what in the world? That's, yeah. So this is very uncomfortable for many people. So if people don't like that flushing sensation, you can take the niacinamide because it does not cause this. So it's really used for people who dislike or cannot tolerate that flushing of niacin. Niacin is instrumental in helping our bodies break down and utilize carbs, fats, and proteins. It's also necessary for proper synthesis of sex hormones, for good health of the nervous system, digestive system, and skin. I have given it as well in the medical field for bringing down blood pressure because it vasodilates and allows some of those, you know, the blood pressure that maybe is happening from vasoconstriction it causes the arteries to kind of relax and let go of some of that tension that's causing the high blood pressure. So we've used it for that. It's not official, like an official use, but I have used it for that. It works quickly. Um, we typically use the actual niacin form because obviously that's the vasodilator. The other one does not. Um, patients get super red. They get super unhappy with you, but you know, they're not stroking out. So win-win. It is found for foods in green peas, mushrooms, watercress, apricots, avocados, elderberries, dates, peanuts, sunflower seeds, beef liver, heart, and kidneys, white turkey meat, white chicken meat, ham, halibut, and tuna, brown rice, wheat germ, whole wheat flour, and nutritional yeast. As far as herbs go, you can find it in alfalfa leaves, blueberry leaves, or raspberry leaves, burdock seed, fenugreek, and parsley. 
So all good things to incorporate in your diet daily. Um, the optimal daily dose is 100 milligrams or more with each meal. Women can get by with like 15 to 20 milligrams each meal, though if you're having skin or hormonal imbalances, I recommend going higher. Men are typically good with 17 to 20 milligrams daily unless they're experiencing low testosterone levels, and then again, the higher dose is recommended. So if you are a male listening to this or you know a male and you're listening to this who is experiencing low testosterone levels and wants a more natural way to bring them up, you can start have incorporate more of those foods or you can start taking a niacin supplement daily. It is pretty fairly impossible to overdose as any excess is just excreted through the urine because it's water soluble. All right, vitamin E. Vitamin E is a fat-soluble vitamin. It's also known by different names, alpha-tocopherol, beta-tocopherol, D-alpha-tocopherol. There's a lot of tocopherols. There's actually like nine forms total, and each is slightly different in the chemical makeup from the other. We can find all forms naturally in wheat, bran, palm, rice, cotton, and soy oils. The one we see used most often in supplement form is D-alpha-tocopherol. It's a very important function as an antioxidant and protection of vitamin A, polyunsaturated fatty acid, from the damage of oxidation. It also helps linoleic acid function as it should defeat the pituitary and adrenal glands so they can secrete the hormones that they make properly. It also keeps many other systems functioning as they should, one of those being the cardiac system. It has an effect on the tissue concerned with the reproductive organs in women, and if depleted or deficient, infertility can occur. It is mainly stored in the liver, and the body cannot manufacture it on its own, so we need to make sure we're getting enough through our food. It's most effective when we take it with vitamin A, all the B vitamins, vitamin C, fatty acids, and manganese. These all work together as well with selenium. Um, it works, sorry, vitamin E works together with selenium, there we go, to help the body produce antibodies as well. So, very necessary um, vitamin. Niacin is effective when taken with all of the other B vitamins as well, just because it's a B vitamin and they should usually be taken together. Um, you can find this besides the previously mentioned foods in alfalfa, dandelion leaves, soybeans, whole raw nuts, seeds, avocados, had haddock, kidney, ham, chicken. As far as herbs, um, Avena sativa, also known as wild oats, bladder rack, which is a type of seaweed, and stinging nettles. Hence why so many of my fertility clients are giving herbal preparations with wild oats and nettles. <laughs> it's literally like if you come to see me and you're here for fertility issues, almost everybody gets those two in one of their herbal preparations. It's, it's pretty just like standard at this point. It again, depends on what their chart says. Obviously, if um, nettles can be very drying, so if they have a very dry constitution, naturally, I'm not going to give them more drying stuff. But overall, in a very general speaking manner, I give out a lot of those to fertility clients. Optimal dosage is 100 to 600 international units. If you cannot tolerate that large of a dose right off the bat, which happens for many people, um, you can slowly work up to it over the course of three to six months. It's considered non-toxic, but there's a slim chance it may occur. So if you notice any shortness of breath, heart palpitations, or dizziness while taking it, stop immediately. Take a six-week break. Start over again in a much smaller, at a much smaller dose, right? If the symptoms persist, please go see a medical professional. Copper. This is a mineral. 
mineral. It has many diverse functions, one of which is to help forming hemoglobin and red blood cells in the body. It helps iron be absorbed effectively as well. So if it's low, it can lead to anemia. The myelin sheaths of the body, these are the like fatty coverings that go over the nerve uh, bundles in the body and protect them from having like weird zaps. So think of like an electrical cord with the cover over it, right? If part of that cover gets degraded and you can now see the wire, sometimes if you touch it, you feel a little zap. That's what happens to the nerves as well. If they myelin sheaths start degrading, they start letting out weird zaps and you'll get weird zaps in your body. And so um, having plenty of copper and adequate copper in your uh, body keeps that from happening. It helps them maintain their strength. It also helps break down and rebuild body tissue, synthesize fats, and oxidize vitamin C so that vitamin C can create elastin, which keeps the muscles, veins, and arteries flexible and elastic, hence the name elastin. It also is necessary for forming RNA and is essential for good bone formation in the body. We store copper in our livers and it works best when taken in conjunction with iron, cobalt, and zinc. You can find it in all kinds of beans, broccoli, corn, mushrooms, dried prunes, figs, currants, avocados, Brazil nuts, peanuts, peanut butter, English walnuts, pecans, bitter chocolate, beef liver, lamb chops, codfish, wheat bran, raw oatmeal, rye flour, and whole wheat flour. You can also find it in molasses. I don't know if you like molasses. I hate it. But molasses is a really good source of copper and iron. So if you're low, it's really good to add to like oatmeal and stuff to help boost those. So it's, it can be tolerable, right? As far as herbs go, pretty much all plants contain copper. Um, it's just one of their necessary things to grow and survive and stay healthy as well and to keep them where they should be. So pretty much any herb or plant that you eat, you're probably going to get some amount of copper in your body. Um, low or deficient levels of copper can lead to celiac disease, low iron or anemia, skin sores, and or impaired or labored breathing. So if you start having any of those symptoms, it might be time to uh, get your copper levels checked. Um, the dose recommended daily is two to five milligrams. This should come in food sources only. Do not take copper supplements, please. This can lead to toxic levels very quickly and you will wind up in the hospital having chelation treatment to pull that out of your body. And let me tell you, that is not a fun, a fun process to have at all. So only get this through your food. As far as positive correspondences with Venus, when Venus is being positively expressed in your life, it's well aspected and well integrated in your chart, you will see that you have the ability to be socially graceful, to be a genuinely loving and a great good person. Your ability to establish deep and meaningful relationships with community and family is really high up there, right? You're able to reach out to others in a loving way. You're sensitive to others. You have clear boundaries of when to be flexible and when to stay firm. And your mind will be very loving, affectionate, compassionate, and have the ability to establish a harmony within your body as well as without your body. Creativity abounds, right? Because of the ability to show that connection to the outer world through feeling. When one's Venus is very healthy, you have a very deep connection to your creative outlets and your creativity abounds. It's just a given. So we see all these people that are so creative and we're going, oh my God, I wish I could be that creative. You can, you can. 
you it's not a thing that people just have or they don't have which is what we hear a lot right every human being is has the ability to be creative we just need to lean more into our venus and start working with venus more and figuring out where our venus is in our chart and why we might have difficulties with that and work through those right so that we can get to that part where we can relax enough and feel okay enough with ourselves to go ahead and express our creativity in a way that works for us and it's more negative correspondences we see that people that are quite judgmental of others they have a tendency to be jealous resentful and cold toward other people there can be a misuse of the sexual energy that comes naturally to strong venus expressions right but in this case they would use it to be like very manipulative and be in power and control there can also be unhealthy patterns around intimacy and this can be like excessive or deficit um in a deficit meaning that they're like sex addicts or they're like what we hear often they're frigid right they just don't want any sex i've seen this too present as like a fear of intimacy in relationships or a coldness around your heart like a wall kind of an ice wall that really prevents connection with others in a meaningful way that coldness can sometimes turn inward right toward themselves and manifest as self-criticism perfectionism obsession of appearances and sometimes with venus being negatively expressed you can also see someone who becomes shallow greedy and decisive which is more the shadow expression of venus but also the shadow side of taurus and libra right because when libra's in their shadow side as we learned back in the libra episode that they become very indecisive when and kind of shallow sometimes but when taurus is in their shadow side they become kind of greedy and they also become shallow and stuff as well so you can see those expressed here also as far as herbs go herbs governed by venus are similar to moon governed herbs and the fact they will be cooling and moistening more often than not they also possess like an alterative quality meaning they help cleanse the blood of metabolic wastes if you are one that is struggling with poor skin and skin issues an alterative is a good herb to turn to so under venus we see cleaves sorry cleavers i don't know where i'm getting cleaves from cleavers um pulsatilla rose horse chestnut we see ladies mantle red raspberry leaf yarrow wild yam motherwort black cohosh so those last ones from ladies mantle back and even rose are all really good female reproductive system hormones uh not hormones herbs great for the hormones there we go um, those are absolutely amazing again i turn to those a lot in my practice they are um very much allies in what i do and how i work with people um, rose is a very calming herb this really helps also increase our sense of like self-love it's a classic venusian plant when people think of venus and plants rose is usually the first one that many make that connection with um, and it's a great way to help bring a nervous system that is overwrought and overworked back into a state of being instead of fight and flight so you can actually take rose petals and make them into a tea and drink that it's typically very calming it can really help you fall asleep at night it can help calm that nervous system if you find yourself constantly feeling like in a flight and fight situation kind of stressful environment um, or just state of mind lots of anxiety and just not nervous ticks not able to sit still um look into taking some rose as either a flower essence which they also make or you can do a tincture or you can do a tea and see which one works best for you 
Cleavers is a really powerful alternative herb. So we see this one being really good for like Venusian ruled skin issues. And they really help the kidneys and liver work more efficiently so that your body is cleared of the metabolic waste that you're sometimes backing up and causing acne to appear or other skin issues. Um, ladies mantle, red raspberry leaf, yarrow, wild yam, motherwort, black cohosh, all powerful, powerful, powerful herbs for the female reproductive system in general. And they are the backbone, like I said, of many of my herbal preparations for women dealing with crazy periods, infertility, menopause issues, and whatever else uh, happens to come up in the process, right? As far as working on balancing Venus in our lives, if you feel like Venus is out of balance in your chart, right? So you're going to feel like you're too you have too much anger you don't have enough loving feelings towards yourself or others you have skin issues reproductive issues you're constantly in relationship issues like and not good ones like if you find yourself constantly in like toxic relationships that it, it's time to bring some things back into balance right and this is some things that you can incorporate so as we mentioned earlier incorporate that rose tea three times a day in your life if you're feeling constantly angry easily upset like the world is against you you hate yourself you hate life Rose is that herbal ally that you all been looking for. So go get some, start drinking it. I promise you are going to feel better. So let her beauty and peace fill you up, right? And restore that balance that you are so desperately seeking. Of course, many of the Venus ruled herbs will help you with this. I just find rose typically be the most powerful, especially for those with a uterus and ovaries and a that kind of stuff. It's, it's very much a very good ally for those. It's great for people who don't have those as well but I just find it working a little more quickly for those who do journal find a safe place to write down all those negative feelings and get them out of your body Venus does not like holding on to things like that she likes to be you know love and light and happiness and let's get some candy and ice cream and enjoy life right and so holding on to those negative feelings is really not a good Venusian quality. That is Mars, right? Mars likes to hang on to the negative and hash out the negative. So lean more into that being state, right? That Venus is. Sit down, journal those negative thoughts out, journal what's going on in your head, journal what's going on in your mind. Write down how you're feeling, how everything makes you feel. Get it out of your body. Along with journaling, move your body, right? Venus governs dance and music. Turn on your favorite music and Dance whatever negative feelings you have in your body and emotions right now out. Just dance them away. Music is a super powerful healer for a Venus imbalance. This could be any music. Whatever is like your jam. It doesn't have to be like just like pretty, you know, classical music or anything, right? Whatever music makes you feel happy, go do. Flower essences, as I said, these are amazing as well. They really help incorporate the essence of the plants on a more spiritual level. And if you're feeling more like maybe some of this anger and everything that's coming up is more because of a spiritual imbalance, like you haven't had time to dedicate to your spiritual practice due to other things going on in your life and you feel like you need more balance between work life and spirituality, these can be really good at helping to bring you back to the center of your being and the center of your spiritual practice so i start with rose they make others as well i would look up what they do and what they're for and how to use them for your body but i would start with rose just because it is a venus ruled plant and go from there and get creative if you are constantly feeling out of sorts it could be you have some sort of creativity that's dying to come to the surface and you need to let it out 
So be creative for creativity's sake, though, right? Don't feel forced into, like, having to start selling this shit or do it for a business or anything like that. It can just be whatever makes you happy. Because not everything in life needs to be turned into a job, right? Like, we're, we're here to do more than just work all the time. And this includes working in your own business. So... If you're just be creative for creativity's sake, I don't, whatever sounds good or is dying to come out of you, go do that. Share it with the world if you want to, but it's not a requirement for you to be creative, right? Don't let that, I don't want to show this to others, or I'm not ready to show this to others, or I don't want to do this as a job stop you, because you don't have to. You can share it if you want to. Give it away as gifts. Do whatever makes you happy, but don't, don't think that you need to use that time where that creativity is coming out of you and flowing and helping you feel better to then turn it into something else that you now have to do, right? And that is pretty much it for Venus. I hope that really was enjoyable, that maybe it resonated with you. If you are struggling with any of those negative expressions, you're finding it hard to move out of those. Even using the suggestions above, reach out. Let's do a more in-depth reading. Let's see what's going on. Let's see if maybe your Venus is in a poor aspect in your chart, or it's being negatively influenced by Mars or Saturn being super close to it, right? Maybe it's not in a super great sign. Maybe it's in its detriment, and we need to work on the shadow side of that, right, to pull it back into your chart. It's possible there's more going on that's just not ideal that I can really think of off the top of my head right here. So please do that. Reach out at laastrology.com. Go there. You can book a reading. You can email me info at atlastrology.com and let's go. Let's see what's going on and get you feeling better. I love Venus. I love how she brings such joy, not only to you, but others as well. And I hope that you begin to see her influence in your life and those around you too. And until next time, love and light. I know, I know, I know. You are sick of me telling you to drink water and take electrolytes. But let me tell you, it's totally worth it. This is why I love Element so much, though. It's because they are science-backed. They're formulated to contain just the right amount of sodium, potassium, magnesium to ensure that all of that water that I encourage you to drink on a daily basis in pretty much every episode is going to go where it needs to. It's going to stay there, right? There is no point in drinking so much water daily if you're just going to pee most of it right back out. No one wants to be living in the bathroom. I'm sure that less time in the bathroom is definitely a plus there. And if you have been wanting to check out Element, I have a good news for you. I actually have a referral link now that you can use to purchase Element through. And in doing so, you receive a free sample pack with your first order through that link. This only applies to the first order currently, but hey, free is free, am I right? So if you are ready to up your hydration game, keep that gallon of water I am making you drink daily inside your body, click that referral link in the show notes and go snatch you up some element today. My favorite flavors are raspberry salt, citrus salt, and the chocolate salts. They have a chocolate mint that is delicious and it goes really great with a protein shake, a chocolate protein shake. After I've had a really hard workout, it helps replenish me. It gives me all the potassium, sodium, and magnesium that I just sweated out back, as well as tasting delicious. It's great in hot chocolate and coffee as well. So perfect times. They are great for cold weather mainly. I do not like them as much in the summer, the chocolate ones, but the other ones are great. You can add a dash of sweet and salty to your favorite warm beverage. So go now to the link, get your free sample pack of Element today with your first order enjoy it. Let me know what you think about it because it's my absolute fucking favorite electrolyte brand. And 
that's that. Back to your regularly scheduled program. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Alchemy, Astrology, and Astro Health. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can find all relevant links to today's show in the show notes below. If you loved the show today, please subscribe, follow, and leave me a review. I love to hear your thoughts and it helps me know what is a hit and to make more of that content, especially for you. If you want to learn more about me and how I can help you, head over to atlaastrology.com. There you can sign up for a medical astrology package, download my free sun sign in your health ebook read the blog and so much more if you want to connect more outside the podcast follow my instagram channel at atla astrology or join my astro connection community the link to which you can find in the show notes until next time love and light